How do I get to where God wants me to be? And, and the problem with it is, is in, in, the, in the, uh, the, the, the looking, you know, God, God likes to play peekaboo sometimes. He likes to play hide and seek because he likes to keep things fresh. He doesn't want things to get complacent. He doesn't want you to get, to get fat and lazy. And he doesn't want you just to say, okay, well, this is just the norm. God isn't normal. God changes things. God is always on the move, and he wants us to always be on the move seeking him. And so last night, I was, man, I was just reading through some scriptures. I actually went back and looked in the archive. I actually have an archive of sermons now. You know, they may not be that good, but I have an archive. And so I, I went and looked in like 2011. I saw a sermon, and it was uh, the voice of truth. And that, that Saturday morning, I listened to Stephen Curtis Chapman singing that song, The Voice of Truth. And, man, when I listen to that song, I cry like a baby. Because I think, wow, all the places that I've been, man, when, when things look this away, and God's voice said something contradictory to that, when you listen to God's voice, despite what you see, despite what you feel, despite what you hear, you're going to end up going where God wants you to be. And today, man, we, my goodness, what is, what is the word that's coming up today? It's about moving forward by trusting God. Not worrying about your past. Not worrying about what you feel are limitations. Not giving up on the first try. You know, knowing that God is with you. He's got your six as you move forward towards your destination. And, and God just began to show me that, that my house could burn down. I could lose all my guns. I could lose all my fishing poles. My pond could dry up, but I still have the call of God on my life to see the kingdom built. You see, that's one thing that Satan cannot steal from you. He can, he can, blow, he can, do, he can pull a job on you, you know, and just take everything that you have, but he cannot take the relationship and the call that God has on your life. He cannot do it. It's, it's absolutely impossible. And today I want to encourage you that, that to press in and to move forward saying, God, what do you have for me? But I believe we've, we've oversimplified it. We've made it, we've not made it, we've not just been made it plain, right? The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And, and it says make it plain on tablets that a herald may run with it. In other words, that somebody will know what to do. And move forward. And, and I want you to go to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And we've read this scripture. Man, we've been reading this since vacation Bible school. But we've, we've dumbed it down. And we made it simple. And we live as simple-minded Christians. Simple-minded. You know, our mentality about getting to God's uh, destination is this. Is that, well, if the door's open, it's open. If it's closed, it's closed. If I went through every door that was open, I would not be where I am today. There's been many doors that were opened. But Jesus isn't standing behind every door. You see, the devil is a, is a decoy sometimes. And, and we, we, can't, we can't reduce this journey with God as in, well, if the door's open, I'll go through it, and if it's closed, I won't. No, we need something deeper than what we can see, what we can hear, and what we can feel. We need the Word of God. We need the Word of, of God through His Word and in our spirits to guide us and lead us whether we're in a mountain, whether we're in a jungle, whether we're in a valley, whether we're in a flood, whether we're on a good day, whether we're on a bad day. 
And, and my thing is, is this, is, is James says, be, you know, be not surprised when fiery trials fall upon you. We are promised that, that our faith and our lives, we're going to go through hard times, but we're also going to be blessed. You're going to get every, every situation that, that you can imagine. But the thing of it is, is in, in, in all situations, we need to trust God if we want to get to where God wants us to be. Amen? And so Proverbs 3, 5, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your, your, your straight your paths. Look, I forgot how to read. I ain't preached in a month. But in, in all your ways, not just some of them. You know, I'd say that most Christians are, are relying on God on some of their ways. Hey, I like my finances being blessed. So I give, amen? But I think some people, man, they like pick and choose what they want to be blessed in. But they don't realize that you'd be blessed in this area if you trusted God in that area. And the deal is, is we haven't tested God in an area. And I'm not, I'm not talking about bowing up on God and rebellion. I'm not talking about, but, but God says to prove me and test me. See if I will not bless you in your giving. And, and I believe we compartmentalize God and we trust him in some ways and not others. And we're trying to figure out why are we not getting somewhere? Why are we not getting to where God wants us to be? And Satan knows this, that if you can get connected with God and hear his voice and move efficiently through all situations, that you will cause damage to the kingdom of hell. And Satan is the prince and he has the power of the airwaves. And he is constantly trying to stop you from getting to where God wants you to go. Through, communi from, through communication, through your emotions, through these beautiful open doors. All the doors open, hallelujah. That's where my God wants me to be. You know, the, my last day in the Marine Corps with my brothers, I was at a mess night in my blues, and, and I had already, I had already uh, signed the papers that I was getting out, and my battalion commander was still throwing these open doors at me of where I could be today. And if I'd have took that... It would have totally took me off the path that God had me to hear. And, and, and so last night, God reminded me of a story, man. And I got to thinking about this story, and I'm like, wow. When I was, man, I had, the, I had the privilege of becoming a Marine Scout sniper. And so we, we used to have to do all this training. I was a Clinton Marine. I never got to shoot nobody, you know. But, but uh, Jesus is coming back. I'll get to be in that battle. Amen. So, so. We, we, would, we would always do these trainings in Yuma, Arizona. And I, how many of you have ever been to Yuma, Arizona? It's desert. It's dunes. Have you, have you seen that Willis Jeep uh, video on Facebook where the Army is testing the Willis Jeeps and they're going over those little dunes and it's doing like this? I rode one of those one night for like three hours. That was the most miserable thing I'd ever done in my life. But we got on the helicopter, and we had our Jeep with us, and they landed. We got on the Jeep, and you're thinking, man, this is going to be cool. And then we got out there on those dunes and got beat up. And, and we were looking for a SAM site. And a SAM is a surface-to-air missile. And Saddam Hussein had plenty of them. And this was back in the early 90s. And so us, uh, SEAL Team 2, uh, Force Recon and, and Marine Recon, we were all split up and attached to each other. And we were going out to, to do reconnaissance on a SAM site so that the, the Marine uh, Rifle Company could come in and do a raid on it and destroy the surface-to-air missile. Because the problem was, is when we were fighting in Iraq and all the wars, the, we would send a, 
a team over there to do a raid, but if there's surface-to-air missiles, they're going to shoot the helicopters down full of the Marines that are coming to do the raid. You don't want that, right? So we had to take care of all that first before we sent the big force in there. So, so I remember we get off the, uh, the Jeep, and, man, we were, we were loaded down with gear. It's pitch dark. We got our maps, and we got, I've got my compass. Everybody say, my trusty compass. And, and, and so I got my trusty compass, and, and it's me and Garcia and Harris and uh, I think Buzzwell. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember who was with me. Garcia, he's a friend of mine. He lives in Houston now. But, man, we, we were loaded down. We had our gear. We had all kind of stuff. And, man, here we go. We were like, okay, here's, here's where we got to go. So we put our heads down. It's, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, and we just get to going. And, and time is short because the Jeeps were very slow getting us in there because we didn't realize how many little dunes we had to go over. I mean, it just beat us to death. So, man, we just got my little, my little midget legs are going like this. And we get to going, we get to going, and, man, all of a sudden, we're, what we're looking for is an airfield. Because on this airfield is where this missile's going to be. And they actually had a missile. It was like a bunch of pipe, you know, that they had left over from a refinery job or something. They made this big SAM missile. And they had it all painted up, you know, with communist markings on it. And so, man, we, we, we get, we're kind of, we're nearing, we're a couple of clicks out. A click is a thousand meters. And, man, we, we begin to see lights. And I begin to see runways. And I begin to see runway lights. And I begin to see planes. And I begin to see activity. And we're looking for what? An airfield. Now, what did I just describe to you? An airfield, right? So, I mean, so obviously that's where we're going, right? But the closer we got and the closer we got and the closer we got, my compass started doing this. And I'm like, whoa. And, man, I was, in, I was so confused. Everybody, everybody on the team was like, what the heck is going on? They gave us the wrong coordinates. And I had no idea what to do. At daylight, my team was supposed to be at a certain location with eyeballs on target, reporting information. And if we didn't do that, the mission could be compromised. You see, if you don't find out where God wants you to be, and if you're not listening to Him and following His Word and His guidance, you won't be where you need to be. And you know what? God's mission is not going to be compromised, but His mission for you will be compromised. And so we had to make this decision. We, we sat down, we, we got a dip of Copenhagen, we thought, and I said, this is what we got to do. So me and Garcia, we just, we just left the whole team there. We left our rucks and everything. And me and Garcia, we followed the directions of the compass to where the compass was leading, it, leading us, and we had to run. Hey, it is, by now it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and it's dark. And there's rattlesnakes and there's bushes. You can't see nothing. You can't turn a flashlight on because there's bad guys out there. There's, uh, there's opposing forces. And then there's all the other teams, you know, that would make fun of you for being an idiot, you know, that are doing the same thing. So, so, man, we just run. We just run, run, run. And, and it, it blew us away. When we got to where the compass took us, guess what was there? An airfield. But you know what? There was one light from a Coleman lantern, and there was only two guys there. It wasn't nothing what we were thought we were looking for. It wasn't, it wasn't what, over here, man, we saw the, the, the planes, we saw the runway, we saw the lights, we saw the everything. And what we were actually supposed to go to was a runway, but it had one little Coleman light and two guys, and I think a dog. And we got there just in time. It was starting to get daylight, 
And I remember there was a barbed wire fence, and me and Garcia, we had to sneak down. And we, we, we got eyes on the guys. We, we, we were crawling around all spooky and stuff. And, you know, I actually went and touched the tarmac and said, hey, this is an airfield. This is where we're supposed to be. So we ran back and got our guys. And we had to, we had to really be careful now because it's broad daylight. And we moved into the position exactly where we were supposed to be. And guess who was in our position? SEAL Team 2. They were lost. I said, y'all come see me next time y'all want to find your place. But what was funny is when we get down, we're, you know, we're, we're sitting down and we're, we're all having chow and whatnot and we're preparing to do what we got to do. So they decided, you know, it's too late to go where we're supposed to be, so we're just going to hang out with y'all. I said, okay, so we set up. And, and, uh, but one of them said, man, last night, we don't know what it was, but we had our MBGs and we kept seeing this little green dot just floating all the way around the dang. Just hit, this green dot would be humping up and down and he'd go back this way and he'd go back this way. And, uh, and, I, and I reached down into my cargo pocket and I had an IR chem light that had broken. And so the whole night long, I'm running around like a little flare marker in the middle of the night. I'm like, dang, I had it in my pocket and that thing still could see that thing. But the point is this is that we were told to go to an airfield, and I saw an airfield. It was unarguably an airfield. It was easy to get to, but it was not the right airfield. Didn't look, it didn't look, it did, you know, my understanding was perplexed. I'm like, I don't understand this. I see an airfield, but the compass says go this way. And so we had to go that way to make sure that there wasn't an airfield over there. And you know what? As Christians, this is what we do. We see what we understand. We see what we can taste. We see what we can feel. It's an open door. It's easy. It must be God. Let me tell you something. Just because it's easy doesn't mean that it's God. And there's a good chance that it ain't. You know, I think about, you know, Dad. Dad works at Mobile 11 years. God calls him into the ministry. He quits his job, sells everything he has. I come down with a crippling disease that's supposed to shut me down for the rest of my life. My sister comes down with Bell Palsy. Does that sound like an open door to you? You know, if it wasn't for the faith of my wife, I probably wouldn't have done half the things that I've done. I remember one time we were going on a mission trip, and I'm like, man, that's just, I'm too lazy to raise that much money for four. I'm just going to go by myself. But my wife, full of faith, said, you know what? I'm going to prepare as if we're going. She goes into the file cabinet. She gets stuff out for the passport, and we find $900 worth of uh, savings bonds that I've had for my whole life that, that I'll probably be dead before they, you know, worth full amount. But, you know, but, but at the moment, they were worth $900. Guess how much we needed for the tickets for my family? $900. You know, Crystal calls me the other day. She's a small pastor. She goes, I, I, man, I, I still don't have all my money to go to this mission trip. What do you think I ought to do? I said, do you, do, you believe God called, do you believe God called you to go on this mission trip? She said, yeah. I said, well, don't worry about it. And you know what? She's got enough money to go. You know, her friends stepped up, and they got the money for her. You, you hear what I'm saying? I mean, we, we're trying to live a faithful life without faith, and it's never going to happen. You know, we have this three acres over here paid for. You know, and I, and I was thinking, well, that, obviously that's where we're going to build the building. But God's saying, no, man, actually we're going to save several million building right here. And I'm like, I never would have thought about that. But, you know, but here's the deal. We still ain't going to have the couple of million that to build. I don't have a couple of million, do y'all? We're going to have to trust God to get this building built. Amen? 
I mean, what if we just did the easy thing all the time and the practical thing, the things that we could understand? We would never grow beyond who we are as people and as a church. We would never, never grow. But on the same note, don't just go doing stupid stuff saying that it's faith if God hadn't called you to do it. You see, so it all boils down to this. It has nothing to do with understanding. It has nothing to do with practicality, but it has to do with what has God actually asked me to do. What has he actually asked me to do? You know, hey, I've seen, you know, I love my parents. They never, they, never, they never jammed down my throat what they felt God called me to do. They let me figure it out. They let me figure it out. Man, I've seen so many, you know, you know well-intentioned mamas tell their little boys that they were called to preach. And, man, they, they weren't no more called to be a Girl Scout than a preacher. I mean, seriously. And, and, it, and it's, it's a manipulative deal, you know. You know, we talk about using God's name in vain, and I, and I in no way recommend you cuss with his name, but it's more than that. It's putting God's name on things that he ain't had nothing to do with. You know, it's real, you know, we get up here and speak prophetic words and say, hey, you know, you need to, be, you need to realize you, if you're going to say this is what God has to say, you need to make sure that's what God has to say. You know, we need to think about these things. You know, not be so lax with them. It's very important. And so, so you know, how many of you have, have felt like that, like I did that night? Like, man, it, it obviously looks like I'm supposed to go this way, but the compass is telling me to go this way. How many of you have ever found yourself in that situation? It's mind-boggling. Daniel's in a lion den. I don't understand this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego getting thrown in a fiery furnace. I don't understand this. Elijah battling, you know, he, he, actually, he actually stood against 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Ashtaroth in one day. 850 people came against them. They all lost their heads to a sword. And the next day he's running from Jezebel. I mean, you know, and, and how did this happen? How do these things happen? But we see that when, when with God, with God, you know, we say with God all things are possible. I, I, you know, all the things that he's in are possible. Amen? You see, because it's, it's, you have to go back to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight or make straight your paths. But we've all been in this situation in some way or another. Like, Lord, I am training my kid the way the Bible says, and he is still a, a, a crazy devil. The Bible says, just train a child in the way he should grow that when he grows old. It doesn't mean your kid's not going to be bad. Man, I was, I was the lyingest kid when I was little. I mean... I would. I was. I was such a liar. And I'm, I'll go back to that because I'm going to use that as an illustration in a minute. But, but I'm thinking, you know, what if, what if mom and dad would have just quit whipping my butt and, 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 and training me the first time I acted bad? Like, well, this ain't working. You realize what you're saying when you say, that doesn't work. I've tried it on my kids. You just call God a liar. But here's the thing. You say, well, I would never do that. We don't do it with our mouths, but we do it with our actions every day. We do it in our marriage. We do it with our finances. We do it with our kids. We do it, do it in all kinds of ways. And we wonder why we're not seeing the fruit that God has called us to, to, to see. And, and I've got like, you know, I don't know, seven minutes to share with you. 
three, three things that God was showing me that we need to do to get to where he wants. Hey, look, they had a lot of words today, okay? So I got shorted on time, all right? So... But three things to get where God wants you. Three things to get where God wants you. How many, how many of you want to get where God wants you? Amen. Psalms 37, 4 through 5. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. See, the thing is, you've got to delight yourself in the Lord and commit your way to the Lord. You're not trying to get the Lord, the Lord to just delight in you and commit to your way. It's the other way around. Amen? You see, God wants to partner with you in life, but it's about His will, and it's about His understanding, and it's about His wisdom. Amen? Now, he, does He care about the little things in your life? Yes. But we have to trust Him. You know, all things work together for the good of them that love Jesus, right? The, the question is, do you love Jesus? Are you walking in love towards Jesus? Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You'll trust me. You'll do what I asked you to do. And, and so the first thing here is, I want to tell you this, how do we get to where God wants? The first thing is this, is you've got to care about the mission. You've got to care about the mission. You've got to be passionate about, this is what God wants me to do. You know, I, I have trained with some of the most elite soldiers, as I was saying earlier, and sailors and Marines. But, but here's the thing, when, when we were out that night, I got, here's the deal, my team got to where we was told to go. And the other guys were like, well, we messed up. Let's eat MREs and stuff like that, you know, and, and smoke and dip Copenhagen. I'm like, man, I, I couldn't imagine going back to Star, Staff Sergeant Barrett and saying, I'm, I failed. I failed you. And here's the funny thing. I grew up a lying son of a gun. And when I went to into Marine Corps boot camp, I got meritoriously promoted. And this isn't about... Blowing smoke about me. This isn't just to show you something. When I graduated Marine Corps boot camp, I got meritoriously promoted in my platoon. Only three guys get it. They pick three guys that they feel like deserve promotion for, for their for outstanding service, whatever you will call it. And my dad meets my drill instructor the night of, before graduation. And they said, who might you be? And they said, I'm Donnie and Sherry West. And, they, and, and we're Chad West's dad. And he looked at dad and said, oh, old trusted one. And my dad said, no, you got the wrong son. You, you got the wrong son. You know? But I got to notice it in boot camp, you know. The, I got to notice in boot camp that they trusted me with a lot of things. And even though I lied like a son of a gun, I was a kid, my dad continually, faithfully, more than seven times, you know, said, son, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And, and you know what? It's somewhere in there. It caught up, and I said, you know what? I've, I've got to do the right thing, even when no one's looking, even though they were. They were looking. They were watching me. And you know what? I, had, I began to develop integrity. And from that point on, when I was given a responsibility, man, I would kill myself to make sure that it got done right. And my platoon sergeant told me this in my last counseling session, wherever you call it. Anyway, I, I, just, I, I was get, picking up sergeant. He looked at me and he said, let me tell you something. He says, if we ever go to combat, he says, you would be my first pick. He says, because you always do everything that you're asked to do. You are on the radio when it's time to be on the radio. You're not sleeping out in the field. And you know what? Here's the deal. It was just training. It was just training. 
Nobody was really going to die if I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Nobody was going to, you know, get shot. Nobody was in jeopardy. But you know what? I was preparing for the real battle. And you know, so many Christians today, they got this mentality. It's just, it's just church. It's nothing serious. But you know what? The Bible says that we are to snatch people out of the fires of hell. It's serious. Souls are resting upon our commitment to do what God has called us to do. And you know what? One of us can't be everywhere at the same time. We all have our objective areas. We all have our mission fields. We all have our people that we're reaching out to. And you know what? We have got to be sold out and committed and care about the mission that God has called us to do. We got to care about it. We got to take pride in it. We need to excel in it. We need to be trained. We need to become knowledgeable. We need to grow. The second thing is this is know your compass. Know your compass. Yeah, trust in your feelings. The that scripture does not say trust in your feelings, trust in your spouse, trust in your kids, trust in your old college professor. No. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Your understanding will take you to places that you ain't supposed to go. Oh, they'll be foreign and exotic, but they won't be places you want to go to. I want to go where God wants me to go. You know, Psalms 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know that before, well, here's the funny thing. If I wouldn't, it wasn't just me, there were four of us. And we sat down and I said, look. Maybe one of my numbers is off. Maybe something is off. We sat down. It wasn't just me, but it was four guys that were masters of the compass. And we sat down, and we looked at that map. We had our poncho over us and my little bitty red coin light, and we were doing math. And, you know, you had to do math as a Marine Scout sniper. That's how you shoot people off high elevations. you got to know the Pythagorean theorem. So, you know, you, we, we looked at the map, and we all agreed that this doesn't make sense. But we're going to trust this map. We're going to trust this map, and that's what led us to do what we're going to do. But we, we all four sat down, and we reasoned together. What does the map say? You know, that's what we need to do. We need to seek wisdom from one another, from those that have wisdom or experience or, or actually know a couple of scriptures, and, and reason together and say, what does the word say in the situation concerning us? And, and But your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you don't know where to go, you've got to get direction from the word. But here's the thing. Finding your way is not always so simple. It isn't. That's what I want you to see today. It's not if, don't think the simple way is the way. Every open door is the way. No, it's not always simple because Satan is throwing decoys. Satan is trying to, is trying to distract you from getting to where God wants you to be. And you need to be aggressive. My kids, every time I'd see them, you know, slacking, I'd do that little cheer. Be aggressive. Be, be aggressive. That's the only cheer I know. I have worn a cheerleading outfit. Yes. Always had to, always had to get the, the skirt from the big thigh cheerleader for some reason. But What week was that? It was twerp week. You know when the, girl, the girls asked the guy? Everything was backwards, right? So, so I'd put, I'd, me and my buddies, we'd put cheerleading outfits on. It prepared me for being a preacher. See, I'm not ashamed in front of y'all, so I don't give a flip. But, but you got to know your compass. You know, a compass is, just doesn't, just part, just doesn't just point in cardinal directions. you got to know the magnetic declination. See, some of you didn't even know there was a, such a thing. 
you have to account for where you are in the United States for how offset that thing is. Because the thing is, is the North Pole is not true north. There's magnetic north. It's a little offset. You've got to adjust for that if you want to get to where you're going to go, depending on where you're at. Here in Texas, it's only off by a couple of degrees. It's no big deal. But the further out west and east you go, it could be as far as 15, 20, 30 degrees. See, none of you knew this. No wonder why you're always lost. But you got to know your compass. you got to read, to study, to show yourself approved. A worker who needeth not be ashamed because they're lost. Because they're at the wrong airfield. Because they're at the wrong destiny. And then lastly, make contact with the enemy. You see, some of you are like, well, I care. And I'm, I think I know where I'm going, man. I'm going through all these easy doors and all that. But you know what? You, you ain't making no contact with the enemy. How did we know that we were successful? Because we saw a surface-to-air missile. And we were there to blow it up before the rest of the Marines came in so that they didn't get blown up. Do you know that we are to take that such care for one another that we are to be watching? You know, God's watching our six, but we're to be watching each other's six. We're to be caring for one another. But you know what? We, we, I was, God was showing me that. Like we, we read the Bible for our individual help, but no, it's more than that. We read this Bible for the health of the community. Because what happens is, I read it, and this, well, this is what I get out of it. You get that out of it because there's an easy door. You're not getting what it says. And when you have a bunch of people that read the Word and get different opinions of it and whatnots, then nobody's protected. The church is left defenseless. The church is left weakened. Paul says, strive for unity, not just getting along. He says, unity of the faith. Your understanding, you strengthen the word, amen, the strength in numbers. Jude 17 through 23 says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, awaiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. You see, what he's saying here is this, is there is contact involved in walking with God. We're in a spiritual battle. And if, you ain't, and if Satan ain't trying to get in your way and you ain't doing no damage to him, you ain't fighting. And, and God's saying in here we're to snatch people from the fire. We're to see people reconciled to the Father. And he says here, have mercy on the lost and reach out for them. But it says, fear what they're doing that it doesn't rub off on you. Amen? you got to be wise. you got to be sober. you got to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, goes to and fro like a roaring lion. Man, I was watching a video before we came to church this morning of people at the zoo with their kids. And they'd have like their two and three-year-old kids up against the glass case with a lion in there. And that lion would be sitting there just looking at that kid. And that kid would begin to wiggle or do something funny, and that lion would just go crazy trying to get through that glass. And the mamas and stuff would just laugh. And I thought, oh, if you only knew what that lion's desire is for your child. Oh, if you only knew what that lion's desire is for you. And we look, we look, at, we look at this spiritual world like it's behind the glass case, and 
we just doing my thing over here. We can laugh and play and not take it seriously. But we have an adversary. We have a destiny. And that destiny is the only thing that he can't take. He can't take your salvation from you. He can't take, he can't take what God has given you. Amen? You may lose all things, but you cannot lose your relationship with God and the calling that he has had for you in your life. But, but you know what? If you don't care and if you don't have a compass, the word of God, to get you where you're going to go, and if you ain't making contact with the enemy, you're, you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. I want to show you all three of those, care, compass, and contact in one scripture. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Care. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The word of God, my compass. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, the end game. The contact, where he wants me to be. Where does he want me fighting? The actual fruit. No, that's what I'm talking about. Are we doing these things to we're getting to a place where there's fruit? And because I knew what that compass was doing and I knew where it was telling me to go, I made it to the exact point where I was supposed to be so that we could shut down that SAM missile before the other Marines came. And you know what? God wants you to be in a place where you can shut down the threats of the enemy before someone else gets hurt. Before someone else loses their life for an eternity. You know, when we, read, when we quote this scripture, we need to quote it with fervency, with understanding, with passion. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. And those paths will lead to where God wants you to be. Because I believe this. I believe we all want to go there, right? We all want to go where God wants us to go. But you know what? Are you willing to sacrifice? Nothing great ever happened in the Word of God. There wasn't a sacrifice. You know, before Solomon got the wisdom that God offered him, he sacrificed thousands of bulls and worshipped. And, and made, made, an, uh, made an elaborate... The reason he got such a great gift is because he gave, gave such a great sacrifice. God wants us to sacrifice, knowing that in exchange, there will be something greater that he will impart to us in our lives to do what he's called us to do. Amen? Bow your head and close your eyes. Let me ask you this. How many of you did the Holy Spirit speak to when I began to talk about getting to your destiny? How many, of you are, how many of you right now are struggling with your understanding of where God wants you to be? Amen. Several of you. Let me, let, let me be, on, let, be honest with me while no one's looking. How many of you have lost the passion and the care that you once held for what God had you do in this life? How many, how many of you would say, that's me? How many of you would say, you know what, I'm not, I'm, not really st I'm not really paying attention to my compass. I'm not being grounded in the word. And the what I know of the word, I'm not really applying in my life. How many of you would raise your hands? You know, so many of us to each one of these questions. And you know what? Why? Why? You know, I'm not here to, be I'm not here to beat you down because you're doing these things. I'm here to compel you and to encourage you and to tell you, you know what? You don't lose hope in what God wants to do in your life. God wants to use you in your life. 
But you know what? God doesn't want to just use you as some tool. God wants to have a daily relationship with you. God wants to be there for you. God wants you to love Him. God wants you to trust Him. You know, it's, 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 it's more than obeying God. It's about trusting Him. You know, as parents, we tell our kids not to do things, and they look at us, and they're like, man, you're so mean and hateful, and we know that, man, lives are at stake. Don't go play with that lion. He'll eat you. Don't go swim in that pond. You'll drown. And they think that we're just out just to ruin their day. But God loves you and cares for you. And God wants to make something of you that will be a valuable tool for the kingdom. So what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today? What do you need to do? I'll tell you, let's stand to our feet. If you need zeal today, if you've lost your care, I want you to come down. If you're, if you're, you may, maybe you care some, but maybe you need some passion. But if you need passion today for what God has called us, not you to do, but us to do, I want you just to come down right now. I just want to pray for you. You know, like Dad said, Naaman was told, dip seven times. He could have dipped six times and stopped and nothing would have happened because he didn't do what God said. And, uh, and so I want to encourage you. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, hey, you know what? We, we do get tired. Paul says, don't grow weary in doing good. You know why I just took a month off? So I didn't burn to a crisp and come up here and throw this pulpit at you out of anger or some ill emotion that I shouldn't have, you know. Arrested. And uh, we, need to ma- we, need to, we need to maintain ourselves. I mean, a soldier, a Marine's got to have R&R, right? But when it comes time to do what we're told to do, we need to be ready, amen? And we need to be rested. you got kids. That's why you're tired. A lot of them, yeah. You know, I want to tell you this, too. That there's seasons that we go through. Everybody's got this idea of life. They're understanding, right? And then, and then bam. One of us gets pregnant. Hopefully, it's your wife. And, and we have a kid, right? And, and kids, kids mess things up to an extent, right? And, and we're like, man, I'm not doing what I want. You know what? You're in a season of parenting. Amen? And, and I mean, God told Adam and Eve, says, have babies. Multiply. You know? Grow the earth. And, and we're to lead those babies to Christ. And we're to grow the kingdom, not just through witnessing, but through childbirth. Amen? I mean, any way that we can. And so, you know, it's a, it's a season. And, uh, you know, sometimes we want to do something. We, we feel like, well, I want to do this, but I have these kids. You know what? Kids are, kids are a good thing. They're not an obstacle. They're not a bad thing. That, that's something that I'm just telling everybody this. It's a good thing. It's a season in life. Don't let it get you down. You know, my wife, she, did, she stayed home until the kids went to school. When they went to school, she started working or doing whatever. You know, but the thing is, is we have that relationship with our children. And uh, so it's important. And I don't feel like you can't do anything because you, you have kids. Uh, but, man, there's just so many things. And also, experience. Some of you are like, I, don't, I just don't have the experience. You know what? you got to start somewhere. Be faithful in the little things, and God will give you great things to be faithful with. Amen? you got to start small to get big. I mean, and, and so d- d- just be encouraged. Be encouraged. And so I want j- all to each of you just grab your hands this morning. I'm just going to pray for you guys. William, won't you grab that in?
So, Father God, we just come this morning. And, God, I pray for these that have come. And I pray for those that are, that are out there, Lord. God, I pray for a, a momentum of zeal in our lives. God, I pray for every lie that Satan has put in our minds. Every doubt that he's put into our hearts. God, that you would wash them all away today. And, Lord, let us not be surprised when fiery trials fall upon us, Lord, but let us be in fervent zeal, cry out to you, saying, God, I don't know what's going on, but I trust you, God, that you know what you're doing. And, God, I just pray for the passion to come upon these people, Father. Lord, a passion for you, a passion for your word, a passion for the people that you have called them to touch and reach. Lord, to be reconcilers of the gospel from which we are called to do as your church. God, I pray, Lord, that you will use us, Lord. Lord, that you will lead us. Lord, that we won't look to the pretty big open doors, Lord, but we'll look for the doors that you have called us to. And Lord, that before we step in the door, we'll examine it. Lord, that we'll seek wise counsel from your word and from your people to say, is this a door worthy of my time and worthy of what God has called me to do? Well, God, I pray, Father, that you will give us strength and vigor, Lord. And Lord, just give us, give us the heart, Father, to press in. Lord, I pray, God, that you'll give us the the, the, the endurance, Lord. Lord, that if you've called us to dip seven times, we won't stop until we've done it seven times, Lord. And that we'll keep going and going and going, Lord. And God, that we will not grow weary in doing good, but we will continue to do what you've called us to do. Bless these people, Father. And bless each and every one here today. Lord, thank you for such a great crowd, Lord, in the middle of summer, Lord. Lord, let us continue to grow in our love for you, Lord. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.